Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your resident optimistic nihilist reminding you every day that the world is ending and you're going to die. So... Get your titty sucked right now. And I'm with the beautiful Flex. It is me. It's Flex. I am all about facilitating your own nut. It's a figurative and literal statement that encourages you to seek out your own pleasure and education. Wow. So in a nutshell, we're here to facilitate our own nuts. Get our titty sucked before the apocalypse swallows us up. Welcome Amen. to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the church of Bobo and Flex. <laughs> We're here to let you set aside your dumb bitch juice. And specifically, we're helping you set aside all the dumb bitchery in today's episode because we're talking about unrequited love and self-sabotage. On my Instagram page the other day, on my stories, I asked you guys, what are some of the ways that you self-sabotage your own romantic relationships? And what are some of the patterns and behaviors that you do that destroy your own lives? The answers were hilarious um but so triggering and so relatable flex i want to ask you the same question mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you've refused to set aside your dumb bitch juice what are some <laughs> of the ways that you enjoy um destroying your own lives your own life <laughs> well, when you put it like that somebody asked a similar question in our um bobo and flex facebook group and i just said that one of the ones that gets me in every relationship I have, but I also refuse to work on it, is the fact <laughs> that <course>. I <laughs> the fact that I'm moody and temperamental to a fault. Like I will ruin my own day and everybody else's, flipping <laughs> between ecstatic and mad. <laughs> Wait, why are you a moody bitch? You know, it's just one of those things where if I get to be in a mood, I want to be the the sole person to make it better or worse. I don't want to be relying on people to like to like like to prop me up or bring me down. But what happens is <clears throat> I get <laughs> obsessed with the drama of being in a mood. I like the Ooh. fantasy of having people like nurture and take care of me. <laughs> so I like really settle into this mood and then I decide it's too much work and I like snap out of it and leave a trail of annoyed people in my way. <laughs> and then you're like, guys, why aren't we happy again? I'm like, tea, want to go for dinner? <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I, I, the thing is, I'm acutely aware of it happening. But generally, if I'm in a mood, I'm there by principle. And I'm a very principled person who doesn't just change for no reason. Yeah. So like, even if the, even if the, the topic is done and it's been resolved, by principle, I need time to mourn. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
look, I'll work. I feel like 35 is my year to be better at that. So 10 more years. You have 10 years, bitch. We're counting. How about you? <laughs> um, the ways that I'm tra- Ooh, how do I count the ways? Where do Don't I even begin? Don't act like begin? it's you remember. She said, ooh, hmm, let me think. <laughs> I know, right? Bobo is an emotional terrorist. We all um, know this. Oh, absolutely. I'm an emotional terrorist. I assume that people don't fuck with me. I do this thing where, like, I definitely self... But I do this in platonic relationships where I don't initiate because I have a crippling fear of rejection. So I'm one of those dumb bitches that won't initiate, like, conversations. I won't be the first to text someone back, to text someone. I won't initiate, like, oh, let's go out, let's do this and this and that because I just assume that I'm annoying people. And I just feel like that is just not the way that you build intimate relationships. Um, And some of the ways that I do that in romance, and someone actually responded to my story and just said, I destroy love before it can even become love because I'm terrified of getting hurt. And that was, wow. I was like, wow, just at me. Like, just at me. (laughs) And then another one is that I'm a perfectionist and I'm a control freak. But at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> I actually posted about this in my in the Facebook group. I was like, I literally love my boyfriend. He's the best person in the world. Like, love him. But he's not romantic. Like, he just doesn't, oh, yeah. you know, he's not like initiating dates and this and this and that. But at the same time, I'm such a controlling perfectionist person that I won't even let I won't even give him permission <laughs> to be romantic because I insist on having control over everything. Sis said be better, but also let me delegate. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm just like, why don't you surprise me? But then I'm also just like, no, 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 no. let me delegate. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. But something I want to talk about today is unrequited love. And I want to dissect why, why do we love to suffer? Like, why as women do we enjoy suffering so much? Um, A question for you. Why do you think that we love people who don't love us back? Superiority complexes, big egos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, in so many ways, we've been taught to like endure things and watch them evolve and transform into something better because of the time and energy put into it. Mm. So I think that transitions in so many ways into our lives. Like you look at a relationship that's trash and you tell yourself, if I can just invest all my love and energy into it, it'll blossom into something fruitful and I'll be successful. And that's not the case. I also think there are other, there are very few metrics to measure the validity of love. And so enduring a trash situation and coming out on the other side, winning or like, you know, capturing someone or falling in love feels like the perfect metric to show someone that you are worthy the shit's crazy and cooked the shit and is i think crazy. it happens in all in all types of love as well i think a lot of us are so used to like <clears throat> enduring shit scenarios to like make sure we can attract the love of our parents and our siblings and our friends you yeah know? we're all scared of abandonment and i wonder why i mean well what's been your experience with unrequited love like personally i'm pretty good at like um deluding myself into thinking i don't like people to avoid (laughs) (laughs) to avoid the loss of um love that isn't um you know reciprocal yeah um i've been on the the other end like i've had somebody who i mean 
they've had an unrequited love for me. Yeah. And I definitely took advantage of that. Oops. Oh, yeah. You told us about that. <laughs> but um, no, how is just, he? Is my, he surviving? My ego won't allow me to do it the other way around. I just cannot be bothered. And that's why I do <clears throat> kind of share a similar sentiment with that person before that says you kind of don't let love grow um mm. so you, you you can avoid like the in, in, like, inevitable heartbreak yeah. i don't do that shit now but i definitely i definitely can can relate to that sentiment yeah i'm the same but i actually also think that like we need to embrace unrequited love more i'm do really we? i think we do i'm really all Listen. about it i think it's really healthy but Okay, you look. You think unrequited love is healthy? Absolutely. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I'm already starting with the hot takes. It's been more than four minutes, so let me give a hot take. <laughs> okay, go on. Go ahead. No, I really do think that we undermine the importance of fantasy and like living it. You, who was it? I think it's Marcel Proust. I'm just about to read one of his books or a book that's about him who who said that it's the imagination that's responsible for us falling in love, not anything else. Like a lot of times we delude ourselves into thinking that we're falling in love with the other person. When in reality, it's really just our imagination that has us falling in love with someone else. And sometimes it's really good to just live in that place of fantasy and not try to reject it because what makes unrequited love so painful is the the pedestal that you put the object of your desire on and it's really understanding that like this person's not objectively on a pedestal and if you actually if your fantasy were to collide with reality the unrequited love would end immediately and for the most part most people are just best loved from afar so it's honestly like the way to sustain a lot of love is through delusion and fantasy and imagination. And I just think it's really healthy that like sometimes just let yourself live in that space. Like not every day, like just because you love someone, they have to be your husband. You know, like sometimes just let love be playful. Let love be short term. Let love exist in the realm of fantasy and just have a good time. Like not every day husband. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fight. I hate it. Let's fight right now. What? Okay, first let's make the distinction. Are we talking about unrequited love when you are infatuated with a person that you have no contact with, that you are not engaging in any re- like relationship? Or when you are in a committed relationship and the love changes and one person's opted out and oh. you're still like, fighting for that? No, no, no. I'm not talking about unrequited love. I'm, so I'm not talking about love that has died. I think that's a little different from unrequited love. In this scenario, I'm talking about people that you don't like someone that you've met that's outside of your current relationship or you haven't or you haven't already started dating them. Um, it's not like a it's not like a dead thing. It's like a potential thing. But that she just isn't mutual. <laughs> Literally. She said it's not a dead thing, but... <laughs> I know, and now I have no will to live because Love Island is done. Like, what am I supposed to do? End it all. Okay, so <laughs> we're talking about when you see somebody when you have a engage crush. with them and develop... But is a crush unrequited love? Well, I guess that's where we come in with, like, when is it love versus infatuation? 
but I'm just talking about like you meet someone, you think they're mad cute. And I'm not necessarily just talking about someone that you love from afar, like not mm-hmm. just someone that you're not having conversations with at all. I'm also just talking about someone that like you've actually developed friendship with that person like it's actually a good relationship but they just don't have romantic feelings for you or it's Mm -hmm. just someone that you just don't really know them like that but you know them a little enough it's like um like a set crush you know like sometimes you're on set you know and you meet someone yeah and you meet someone and you have a crush on them but it's not every day like let this thing develop into something real or you meet someone on an airplane i feel like this happens to me i really love short-term love okay and i stand for it thing i understand a crush but a crush feels like necessarily juvenile it's when you've managed your own expectations to know that this will never develop into anything but let me put on that clown suit i just dry cleaned put on my (laughs) leather shoes and go about my business knowing that this won't eventuate into anything but i'm enjoying the experience versus when you say unrequited love i think of someone who's unnecessarily attached to a situation or a person Mm. who's doing very little to evolve into anything but who's suffering from the action or who's suffering from their inaction that shit sounds so crazy to me you're not suffering from their inaction you're suffering because of the story that you've told yourself about that person still crazy (laughs) it's more about like understanding that that person is not on a pedestal but allowing yourself to live in that space like you know it's not true but you allow yourself to live in that space because it's enjoyable is it it is is it not i mean it's like a daydream when i think of unrequited love i think about the negative connotations of it i don't necessarily think of a playful you know crush where you're kind of like oh this is a bit of fun and like i smile when i see him and (laughs) i saw his dick print today (laughs) versus like oh my goodness like i saw him i started sweating i'm freaking out like we haven't even met but like oh i just i looked at his instagram the other day he has a girlfriend oh my goodness blah 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 like that feels like terrible and enduring and i hate that yeah so i can un- i don't i just don't know if it's it's the right thing to say that it's healthy to delude Absolutely. yourself into the fantasy of of being with a person I mean, it's what... Like, no, you're not are we being making... with them. You're enjoying them. You're enjoying them without attachment to having to be with them, is what I'm saying. Hold on, I'm doing a Googles. Yeah. Because I just need to make sure... <laughs> that we're even talking about the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold on. Right. So I'm going to use a very trusted source called Wikipedia. Yes. Says that unrequited love or one-sided love is love that is not openly reciprocated or understood as such by the beloved. The beloved may not be aware of the admirer's deep and strong affection or may consciously reject it. Mm. Um, some say that one-sided love is better than none, but like half a loaf of bread, it is likely to grow hard and moldy sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Like when I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sold. Really? Yeah. I just don't understand. Like for me, I feel like there are better ways to invest your time and energy. And we already, we already have such a warped sense of romance and intimacy and love that fiending for somebody who we know we can't have and putting all our eggs in their, you know, 
proverbial basket, knowing that the outcome is going to be less than savory, feels like self-sabotage. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of value in enjoying a relationship without being attached to to an outcome. Because I is don't it a relationship think... though, Baba. It is, is a relationship. relationship. <laughs> what do you mean? If you've been pining over somebody who probably doesn't know you exist or doesn't share your affection, that cannot be a relationship. Okay, but in the instance that you okay, let's let's make a scenario here. So right, flex sure. meets Brett, Flex meets Stefan. Just call him Chad. Call him okay. Chad. Let's make it a Chad. Chad wears salmon pants and boat shoes. Flex uh-huh. meets Chad, and Chad wears pink salmon pants and boat shoes. Um, Flex starts talking to Chad. She's like, oh, I like him. I like his voice. I like the veins in his arms. I like the way he moves through the world. Flex and Chad are working on a project right now. They're seeing each other every day. The more she gets to know him, the more she develops feelings for him. For Chad, it's clearly very platonic. Chad is happily married with children. It's just a platonic thing. But in this scenario... I think it is more healthy for you to just enjoy the relationship that you've cultivated with Chad without attaching it to like, if we don't become an item, then it's not valuable. I don't think the value of any relationship is in the destination. I think it's in the experience. And I feel like there's so much value in that experience, even if it's rooted in fantasy. Because if... And like unrequited love and honestly most love is always rooted in fantasy because once you fully understood who Chad really is, like once you took him off the pedestal, once you saw him in his day-to-day grind, once you saw how he really is as a husband, as a father, you'd probably be like, nah, I'm good, enjoy. But you don't get to see that. You don't get to see those sides of him. And I think that's such a blessing because like not everyday husband, I think it's really good and healthy for us to sometimes like revel in and enjoy short term love for no other reason than just because it's blissful and pleasurable. But it can't be blissful and pleasurable if the value of every relationship is in its destination or in its potential destination or like your desired destination. I just think like let's prioritize the journey not all the time i think this is contextual i think there are times when it's like now it's turned into infatuation and you're addicted or obsessed with someone and you can't live your life in that case it's probably better to just like cut it off completely but if it's really just like pleasurable to be around someone why not let yourself live in that realm and just enjoy i'm also an air sign though so Context. <laughs> I honestly, I cannot cope right now. <laughs> she really said, "Lean into a, a insane amount of delusion because that'll yes. be funner than living in the reality of your situation." Like live in the real. Like it's, there's one thing to like you know size someone up, see they're looking cute and whatever. But I'm very hard pressed to believe that somebody who's going to allow themselves to sit into the delusion of unrequited love, knowing that the outcome isn't favorable, will also have the self, <clears throat> like the self, uh, what's it called? The, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-regulation. Like we'll also have, 
yeah, the self-regulation or range to know that once that relationship comes to its inevitable end, that you can just move on from that. I yeah. feel like you're, you're going to be harvesting a lot of, like, weird subtexts about relationships when you spend a fair amount of your time, you know, trying to court somebody who... Or not even court. You're trying to like, fan, like Trying to, like, develop fantasy on someone who can't be yours. Your brain cannot tell the difference between reality and fantasy. So it's really hard for me to believe that after this fantasy of, like, loving on Chad for however long, that I'm going to be able to snap out of it since the project's over. That just that shit does not happen. Okay, is the what would you say is the best way to navigate unrequited love? And do you think that you can be friends with someone who you love more than they love you, or who you love in a I feel different like every way? Every relationship is like that. Yeah, there's no such thing as balance. So Facts. that's quite simple. Yeah, I think with unrequited love, though, <clears throat> the fact that we're using love to define a relationship that hasn't that like I just don't understand how love is flourishing with this like fantasy one dimensional one sided dynamic. I just like I get a cute crush that's juvenile, but one would assume that if it's unrequited love, you've surpassed logic in so many ways that how are you gonna know when to peel back and be rational again? And not to say Wait, that all love should be rational, rational, but I don't understand why we're investing so much time in something that doesn't have like what is the benefit of unrequited love when you can just take that energy and move it somewhere else? Like, feed your platonic relationships. Feed your pl- familiar relationships. I don't understand why six weeks I'm be looking at Chad's dick <laughs> knowing that he's got three kids and a whole wife is going to make me feel better about the idea of love and romance. Because it's fun. It's not fun, though. <laughs> like, mean? which part of pining after some guy and not telling him and <laughs> not getting any... Like, but what you're are the not benefits pining, you're that I'm getting from this situation? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is your love so rigid? Bobo is trying it. Why is your love so rigid? Why can't you just love? (laughs) Because I... Why can't you just, like, enjoy a crush for a crush's sake? I feel like going, moving on into love, you're doing some crazy shit to your mind and body and soul. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm now just realizing we're saying the same thing. So if you're saying... If you do this quite often... If you're saying... You do this quite often, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who's changing your mind. I said from day dot. (laughs) No, if we're not moving from one level to another level, we're staying on the level of enjoyment and pleasure. And whether you call that like a crush or you call it love, I think that's inconsequential. Ultimately, there is a distinction between a crush and love. Yeah, but I mean, in this context of like unrequited feelings, it's inconsequential because ultimately you have more feelings for this person than they have for you. So the dilemma here is, does it benefit you more to walk away from that situation or to just enjoy it? So my argument is, in whatever context... No, not whatever context, but this but context like, that we're talking about feelings now. Feelings is not a crush, enjoy. is not love. These are three separate things. Me having unrequited feelings is like going to buy a new MacBook and the guy flirting for me <laughs> and me picturing like how many free MacBooks I can get in the duration of our fake relationship. You right. know what I mean? That's not me pining after a friend I've known for five years, but knowing I'm, that he has a girlfriend. Yeah, but I'm saying like you can enjoy that person without pining after them. And that's where, like, the benefit of unrequited love comes in. But for it to get to this unrequited stage, is the pining still enjoyable? Or is it just, like, it's your delusion that fuels you? You know what I mean? Like, my whole idea, my concern with this Mm. is that 
you, you you can't control your emotions yeah like you cannot yeah. as much as you say enjoy it don't enjoy it your emotions run you you don't rule your emotions so what i'm saying is when you are in this state where you're constantly being fueled by this idea of love whether it be you know genuine or otherwise you're doing so much to your subconscious and conscious it's going to dictate how you feel about the scenario before you even know it so my concern is once you get to the point where you realize it is it doesn't serve you to feed so much into this fantasy. Mm. How will you be able to pull back? You'll, you like your obsession will grow when you have to start thinking about this actively to not have love for this person. But isn't it you know more what I mean? unrealistic to try and reject feelings that are already there as opposed I'm to I'm not saying meaning. reject feelings. I'm just saying not to fall in love with everybody who treats you. No, well, I'm not saying fall in love with them. Just because the fantasy is fun. <laughs> I'm not saying fall in love with them. I'm just saying enjoy that person for what they are. Huh? Yes. You're fully saying enjoy the fantasy of unrequited love. Absolutely. Hoes will do this shit weekly and wonder why they have such warped ideas of affection. Sis gonna grow herself an abandonment issue because you told her to enjoy the (laughs) fantasy of not acting on her impulses but living in a fantasy world when she projects love onto a stranger. This is like the issue of like what's problematic about the friend zone of like how guys will be like, well, since I can't fuck you and I can only, okay, fuck is a different thing. Or how someone will be like, let me not even make this gendered. If I am into you and you are into me, I don't think it's every... I think sometimes it, it, is, like, it is better for you to just walk away. But I think... I don't think it's every day, like, let me prioritize eroticism and romance over, like, the friendship that we've built or just the relationship that we've built, however small or big it is. Like, sometimes I think the pleasure and the bliss of enjoying someone can be prioritized over the gap or the, yeah, over the gap between your guys' feelings. This is when we put the cricket. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to let the listeners weigh in. Yeah, I need, because I feel like we're just not seeing it. Like, yeah. when I can picture situations that I've like seen my friends being like unrequited love scenarios, it seems more mostly toxic. Like I don't understand the enjoyment that you're talking about. And if there is enjoyment, that enjoyment is uh, like, is so secondary to like the damage you're doing (laughs) long-term and short-term. Like it's, it's like, but it's like the distinction we made between knowing that we can enjoy something and not benefit from it. Yeah. That's what I think unrequited love is. Like, you can enjoy mm. yourself, but it's not beneficial. And doing that over and over and over again, like, surely you'll grow smart enough to know that you're only doing yourself, yourself a disservice. That shit sounds so crazy. I think, do you think this conversation is gendered in the in the sense that I think men go through this a lot in a way that women don't because men are the ones always pursuing and most of the time, it doesn't end up as they want it to. And so they're faced with the decision of, should I leave or should I just pursue a friendship with this woman that I love or not? Nah? And this is where the idea of the friend zone, and there's all this politics and conversation about like whether the friend zone is problematic or not. Do you know what I mean? Well, I feel like the same person who's going to feel as though they're in the in the friend zone is the same hoe who's gonna say but i was just trying to enjoy that moment (laughs) no i feel like the people who stand for friend zone culture are the ones who are like well if i can't fuck then i'm out and i'm just like why can't we just enjoy each other without outcomes 
Because that's unrealistic. And when have we ever done that? I think we do that all the time. What do you mean? <laughs> we stay doing that all the time. I feel like Men so more much than women. What we do women is not so much. Rewards based and outcomes based. You know what I mean? Not in Nobody, relationships. Like very few people endure a shit scenario because if they think that there's no good outcome, somebody is hoping that there's an outcome that serves them with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think encouraging someone to live in the moment would be would be fair and worthy if the moment was more than just a fleeting second. Like you have your future to worry about. Living in the in the like. We're already in the future as we're having this argument. Living in the moment is some like eat, pray, love bullshit that rewards you for being a dumb bitch full time. <laughs> I don't understand. Like there, are, you. At, what did Lauren Hill say? She said it could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Why would you invest all your time and energy, delude yourself to think this is a positive interaction between people? Just move on. Why would you walk <laughs> away from an enjoyable, beneficial relationship? Just because, because it's, it's not, not the enjoyable. exact outcome you want. What do you mean? It's, it's not, enjoyable if you're not love attaching is not yourself. Enjoyable. Love should be mutually beneficial if it's reached a stage yeah, of it, love. But that's and what if I'm it's saying. love and love, that's cute. But unrequited denotes that you don't even know I feel what like what I feel for you. That shit is so crazy. A lot of Man times we do know that. Feelings. How many guy friends do you know who are into you but you're not into them? But y'all are still friends. It That's happens so That's often. That's unrequited love. That is That's unrequited a situationship. love. <laughs> <laughs> That's a situationship. Sis, unrequited love is an everyday thing. It's just more common for men than it is for women. And that's why for us, it's so much more painful and dramatic than it really is. But in reality, if you women were getting like rejected... You I'm on your team, bitch. No. <laughs> the same way you're not coming to heaven with me is the same way. <laughs> this is not a game I'm playing. You should say unrequited love for what? Go get a hobby. I'm crying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We have to move on before I fire you. I know. Okay, yeah. We have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually talk about this quite another question that I posed to the group. And we were talking about it in our book club meeting yesterday. We're currently reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. And she talks about abuse and love. And the question of whether or not love and abuse can coexist. And I want to know your thoughts. I asked people on my Instagram story, do you guys believe that love and abuse can coexist? And I was overwhelmed and shook by the number of people who said yes, that you can it be can. in an abusive relationship that's loving. Yeah. Don't fight me again. <laughs> <Because I'm- laughs> I said, yes. We cannot and- fight twice. <laughs> And <laughs> Flex is here to fight me, guys. <laughs> she is here How to demolish me. How could it not? I feel like abuse is subjective. Like there would be so many abusive traits that you have in your platonic, uh, intimate and romantic relationships that you might not see as such, but are, like subjectively they are. Okay, let's talk about... Ghosting people is abusive. Like, (laughs) not saying how you feel is abusive. Faking emotions, faking orgasms, abuse. But you're not loving someone that you're ghosting. That's, you are not... I do that shit all day. But you don't love those niggas. You might, you might be emotionally invested in them. You might care about them. I ghost my mom all day, babes. All day. (laughs) That's not ghosting. (laughs) First of all, that's not ghosting. 
there's also like levels to this shit. There's simmering, there's ghosting, there's icing. Ghosting, as in like I've disappeared and I'm not talking to you ever again. You cannot no, love a bitch and ghost them at the same time. It's not possible. Or even, okay, let's talk about um, the less subjective forms of abuse, like emotional abuse, physical abuse. This idea that someone can beat you and still love you. I disagree with it. No one can convince me. <laughs> this is a tricky one i don't understand like the nuance of domestic violence and stuff like i don't i don't understand how that works and so yeah i'd be hard pressed to to feel so surely about whether that's love or not but haven't we all like discussed time and time again that love is like irrational and subjective and doesn't really operate in a very linear way right so I can see how we can take that line of thought and put it to a scenario like domestic violence. I would prefer not to, because I like my shit rational and black and white when it comes to love, but that's not the way that shit works. But if we talk, but like, even if we're talking about, because I understand like for an example, like Mm. physical violence, it feels like very black and white. But the majority of us will not experience that as of right now. Yeah. So let's talk about the forms of violence we do experience. Emotional, mental, spiritual. We are violent people as humans because we are all inherently bad. Don't at me. <laughs> so, Lex is here to fight me, y'all. <laughs> I got my fist up. Pop, 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 pop. She really is. <laughs> So with that in mind, I do think we are cruel. I do think we are violent in ways that we justify more often than not. Like, so and do I do this. think that we can behave cruelly to people we love. Not Look intentionally. The dynamic. Though. What was that? Not intentionally. Don't see this is that shit I don't like. Don't <laughs> act like because you didn't mean to that it isn't what it is. Your intention has nothing to do with the impact of your behavior. Right, but okay, but this is why like talking about the the more subjective forms of abuse gets tricky because if I'm hitting you, right, I'm yeah. intending, I might not be like wanting you to hate me, but I am intentionally inflicting physical pain on you. Whereas if I like, if I call you a dirty slut bitch, if I call you a monkey ass nigga bitch, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's like me intentionally trying to inflict harm on you. And it might not be, because, like, yes, it's malicious in that moment, but it might not be because I want you to hate me. It might be manipulative. It might be rooted in so many different things. But that's but not that's the question you from, asked. Like, you said, can love and abuse exist? And they can. If it is, like, subjective or if it is not deliberate, that is not the question you asked. Okay, but I think that's a huge factor, though. In the, in the sense that, like, gaslighting is a form of abuse, right? But what mm-hmm. gaslighting is to me might not be gaslighting to you. Or, like, showing up late is a form of abuse because I'm disrespecting your time. It's not malicious or intentionally... But it doesn't need to be malicious for it to hurt. That's fucking crazy, Bobo. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about abuse that is, like, caused with intent to harm. But that's not the, that's not the definition of abuse. Okay, it's not about true. intent. Abuse, by definition, is to treat with cruelty or violence. So with that in mind... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whether it's like direct, indirect, like meant to be malicious or not, the fact is, that is it. And in a lot of situations, people show their love through abuse. Okay, give me an we example. Don't know, like we don't know how to healthily treat people, and so ways in which you exactly. might exactly you know, like we don't have when. Let me, how do I get my words out? We're not taught how to display and receive love in very healthy ways, and so a lot of people don't know that their abuse isn't a sign. How do I? Yeah, I see. I get what you're saying. Like, do you know what I mean? A lot of people haven't been taught how to love because maybe you grew up in an abusive household. That's it. But that's why I'm saying it never is. I think it's emotional investment, but it's not love. So you grew up in an abusive household, and therefore you weren't shown how to love. You now have a warped idea of what love is. But just because your idea of what love is is warped, that doesn't make it love. So now that I'm inflicting pain on you. I'm not loving you. I might be emotionally invested in you. I might care about you, but I'm not actually loving you. But that's untrue because how have we ever gotten to the point where we all have this one homogenous idea of what love is? But that is that's the, like pro- the age that old is thing. The we don't know what love is. But that's it's the problem. It's subjective in how you express it. So that means like it can exist harmoniously, love and abuse. But I, I think the very fact that we don't have, and this is also something that Bell Hooks has talked about, the very fact that we don't have one one definition, one clear and concise definition of love and what the ingredients are is a major cause of why abusive love goes unnoticed as love. If all of us today came together, had an international conference and agreed that these are the ingredients that go into love, it's care, it's honesty, it's recognition, it's, it's whatever it is, whatever we decide on the ingredients are, then there's no way that abuse would even be in that equation. That's untrue, though, because, look, we have a dictionary definition of what abuse is, and yet you won't listen. So <laughs> even if there was one definition of love, you hoes would still be saying shit like, but I didn't mean to, but I didn't mean to. And no, that it same wouldn't logic because... you used to say love is subjective, somebody would say the same thing for them. But then this is a chicken and egg argument of, like, are we abusive? It's not. It is a chicken and egg argument. <laughs> it's like, are we abusive because we don't know what love is? Or do we not know what love is because we're abusive? And my argument is, if we all had one concise and clear definition that these are the ingredients of love and anything outside of those ingredients, and it's one, it's not just one ingredient or two out of the five ingredients, like these are the five ingredients that all must be present during love, And if these five are not present altogether, then that is not love. It can be something else. Then we wouldn't have like subjective ideas of abuse. And when we have subjective ideas of abuse, we let a lot of shit slide. And I feel like a lot of the reason why women keep going back to situations that hurt them is because they're familiar with abuse and they've equated that abuse with love because we don't all have one definition of it we need but to we come together we don't have a subjective view of abuse abuse is to treat abuse is to treat someone with cruelty we do that shit all day you do that shit all day to people you love so what right. is it 
I'm saying that, like, there is a clear... Okay, so there might not be a clear definition of love yet. We yeah. all know that. It's subjective. Right. But the question is, can love and abuse coexist? When abuse is, by definition, to treat someone with cruelty, mm. it can. What someone denotes or someone what someone experiences as cruelty is so subjective that you can't minimise someone's lived experience because it's not the most volatile or the most malicious form of abuse. Yeah, but I'm... If s- I think... Yeah. No, no, hold on. If I say something like, if you ask me how I am and I withhold or lie to you by omission and say I'm fine when I'm not, on a minor scale, that's abusive. That's gaslighting. But is that not, that is not seen as being as uh, negative because the outcome is going to be more likely to be positive because I'm withholding my emotional trauma from you. Abuse is abuse. There's a scale and a spectrum. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing kind of- with that. The reason that we equate love with abuse is because we as a society aren't clear. Who does that though? Who equates love with abuse? I love, but this is a conversation we're having. Like the, even the idea that love and abuse can coexist. Hold on. I think coexisting is not equating. No, but we're even saying that the fact that abuse exists on a spectrum, right? Right. And so one person can see abuse as abusive and the other person can see abuse as love or like yeah. one form of love. But that we wouldn't have that but problem. But that's such a false equivalency. A for false me to equivalency see that, of what? For me to see that abuse can be seen in a loving relationship is not to say that abuse is love. No, I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm saying mm. abuse... I'm saying both, that not only can abuse and love not coexist, I'm also saying that abuse and love are never synonymous. So the only point of disagreement that you and I have is whether they can coexist. And I'm saying the reason they cannot, or the reason we think they can coexist, is because we aren't clearly defined. We don't have clear boundaries and definitions about what love and abuse are but if we did as a society as a community if we had decided these are the boundaries of what these two things are we'd be able to differentiate and we wouldn't have like all of this subjectivity about the two things and I also just think like the subjectivity is what causes more problems than we need to have like love shouldn't be as subjective as it is like the more clarity we have collectively the more we can navigate it easier and create like healthy environments for us to like love each other because we're clear name three, on what we're doing name three universal forms that aren't subjective do you know what i mean like everything is subjective every single thing how are you even if you say love is compassion honesty transparency what somebody deems as being compassionate could be some person's like average form of being. You'll never be able to quantify or qualify what love is and how to express that. So to say that it needs to be completely binary and one-dimensional for it to be valid is fucking crazy. No, it's not one-dimensional and binary. It's just universally understood as opposed to being something that's like sloppy and undefined. I think what that is does universally more... understood though? What one thing is... Even what it is to be a human is not universally understood. I feel you have like no idea. Even something no, like empathy and compassion. I feel like even that's that not is universal, universal though. I think tough love is empathetic. Somebody thinks it's abuse. I don't think it's that subjective. Like we can clearly see if someone is being empathetic or not. No, we cannot. But we really can though. Empathy is all about intention. Right. Sympathy is about like, you know, deliberate or like performative action but empathy is all about intention how i feel your pain 
it's not going to be up to your jurisdiction. Right. You can't tell me how to feel that with you. I don't know anything that's like this. Like, I don't know anything in life that is universally and homogeneously understood. Not one thing. So to say that love, one of the most argued things of the whole entire world, in order for it to be completely understood, needs to be homogenous, will never happen. No, I'm not saying it needs to be homogenous. Like, in the same way that there's different types of love. And this is why, like, the ancient Greeks divided it up. Like, there's eros, there's agape love, there's familial love. There's all different types of love. But there are umbrella ingredients that go into love that just aren't as subjective as we'd like them to be. I think that's more, I think that's just like an, a convenient truth than actual reality. Like, I really don't think empathy, compassion, caring, like caring for someone is really not as subjective as we'd like to think it is. We'll leave nah, this one up me. to the... <laughs> you've honestly lost me. You've gone How? For, no, you went, no, you went from... Okay, can abuse and love coexist? Yeah. The answer is yes, because it does. So, like, not thinking idealistically, like, look at the way society works. If they didn't coexist, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If they're even up for discussion, we wouldn't Wait, be having where, this. where does abuse and love coexist? With the definition of what abuse is, to treat someone with cruelty. Like, it's one of these things but where you're how not many being situations loving have you been when you're treating someone with cruelty. Like, you can't do two of those things simultaneously. You can still care about that person and treat them cruelly, but, but you're not being But that's what I'm saying. The idea, it, it all goes back, like, when you like when you look at something like cruelty, yeah, yeah, it's like intent versus impact. It may not be my intention to treat you cruelly. Yeah. I may yell at you when I'm going through my personal shit. I may screen your calls and not know that triggers your, um, your abandonment, like, schema, yeah? But... That, my intention aside, the impact of that is now you feel the result of my cruelty. Is that not to say I don't love you? This is why I'm saying it's a chicken and egg argument. The fact that we don't have a conclusive idea about love or like a universal idea about love, is that what creates abuse? Or is the fact that we don't have a conclusive universal idea about abuse, is that what creates love? I think the issue there is that we can't figure out what causes what and whether it's causal. The two existing simultaneously still can't exist simultaneously. Like, that's still impossible. But I feel like, you know, we've gone through so many episodes and so much data to to suggest that love is not a choice, it's a chemical reaction. Yeah. So if I didn't choose to love you, if it happened unbeknownst to me, then what, every time I show, every time I show you know, actions of cruelty, does that mean I don't love you for that moment? And then when I treat you, I love you again? That sounds fucking insane. But see, this goes back to the question of, like, personal responsibility. Like, how much are we really personally responsible for our actions if we don't even have will over them? And, like, we don't really have will over them, but that doesn't mean that... That doesn't change what our actions are or, like, how we define them. Like, none of us objectively have much control over our actions because free will is just an illusion like none of like we're all controlled by our biological drives by what's going on in our brains by what's going on in society by what trump decided to fuck up today like we're all controlled by all of these things that are outside of our control yeah objectively we don't really have much personal responsibility over them but that doesn't change what it is like i might not have personal responsibility over the fact that like i'm mad as fuck and therefore i steal from a store or like therefore i i act out on someone 
but that doesn't change like what it is yeah so to answer the question abuse and love can coexist oh my god (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna leave it up to the listeners again we're gonna leave it up to the uh, the listeners again let's discuss in the facebook group can abuse and love co- this episode has been a and boxing match <laughs> i think what we also need to like understand is that we're not thinking idealistically we're thinking literally and realistically yeah if we stop using like don't go to the most extreme form of abuse because it removes your lived experience out of the equation like yes you didn't like you know, beat up and rape someone. I'm talking about forms of abuse that you see in day to day. I'm talking gaslighting, manipulation, withholding, lying. These are all forms of abuse. Right. That you consistently will do to people that you say you love. So either love and abuse can coexist or you don't love anyone. No, but it's not that binary though. Because it's like you we both agree on this. But you're making though. it binary though. I feel like you're making it binary. <laughs> what do you yeah. Because I'm saying that, like, realistically, they can exist, but I don't think, like, I don't, to say that, because like we said before, I feel like you made it binary by saying that they equating love and abuse. And I feel like those two are separate entities that can intersect in some ways, but often do not. But when they do, I don't think that, I don't think that's a double negative, you know? Yeah, so I feel like what I was saying is the reason we don't love each other well today. So we're both agreeing on this. Like these are the facts that we like we all agree on. Into in this big 2019, we are all trash at loving and being loved because we all learn how to love and receive love from our childhoods. Like that's the first form of love education that we receive. That pause. basis pause, pause, is flawed. Yeah. Are we trash at loving or do we just not love? I think we're trash at loving, but I think love is inherent because we're all inherently good people. Ah! <laughs> and this is the fucking problem. Because you hoes think that everybody is fucking virtuous and everything's coming from a good place. And if you do something that doesn't align with your form of binary good, that it has to be cancelled out. And that's not realistic. So just because we're born inherently good, that doesn't mean we are good. So we're, we are, again, we hop out the womb, angelic, into this hellhole of a world. We're then fucked. So we're born into communities that aren't conducive to loving or being loved. So off the bat, first three years in, we see we, so many people are out here justifying beating their children, justifying all types of fucked shit. And but that's not what we're talking about. No, but that's so dramatic. No, but I'm I'm, I'm just saying as an form. yeah as an example, okay. beating kids is mad mad common. But yeah, as an example, people are born into families where they're beaten, where it's just like lying all the time. They're told all the time that they're trash. You're never gonna amount to anything. Just whatever it is, like all types of emotional or physical abuse. We then grow up familiarizing ourselves with that type of abuse. And because we learn love from our childhoods, we equate that with love. But just because we equate that with love, it doesn't mean it is love. And this is where the confusion between what our definitions of love versus what our definitions of abuse are. Because there's A, because of these two factors, the fact that we grow up in 
emotionally abusive environments and childhoods to begin with, we can't even differentiate between what love versus abuse is. And so we often conflate the two. But what I'm saying is, it's just like a lazy and sloppy, convenient way of navigating the issue of loving better, of being like, we can't come up with universal ideas about what love is because everything is way too subjective. My argument is love is a lot less subjective than it is. Like just because it's abstract doesn't mean it can't be universally understood collectively and universally executed collectively. But it's the fact that we haven't come up we haven't like understood what the two things are we often conflate the two and just because we conflate the two that doesn't mean that the two can exist simultaneously it's just like a basic confusion that leads us to becoming even more fucked so unless you like take your ass to therapy or do the work to undo all the toxic shit that you learned to begin with you might be abusive and care for someone you might be you can do so many things you might be abusive and be emotionally invested in someone you might be abusive and be sympathetic towards someone but you can't be abusive and still be loving someone especially if we're defining love as a verb and not just a feeling I think that's also something we didn't differentiate that I'm not looking at love as just like something that you feel towards someone else But you just did when we were talking about unrequited love. That was all about feelings. How though? I feel like that was all action-based. That was all like about enjoying and like living in the realm of Enjoyment is not an action. It is. How you enjoy without doing something. Which is why I'm also saying. Yeah, how you you enjoying as a noun. If you are here conducting a fucking fantasy in your head. But that it's is not like in your head by how you're you enjoying feel. something. You're enjoying a relationship. You're enjoying whatever I you think, have like, with that the, person. The people are physical, but you, your interaction is all mental. Wait, what? And unrequited love. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, well, I feel like that's, again, fundamental misunderstanding. I don't feel like you... Like, how would you be relating to someone on just a purely mental level? Like, how would that be enjoyment? Like, if I'm talking to you, I'm hanging out with you, I'm that's what I was doing saying! all these things. But that's what I was saying. You're enjoying that's what you didn't so, understand. a relationship. Like, in my head, when something's unrequited, like, in, in, with me and Chad, yeah? Yeah. If I'm sitting here, we're having, like, we're kikiing, we're developing a relationship that to him is purely platonic, but to me, it's something more... What I project happens in my head. The experience of that relationship is experiential. So you feel more than he feels for you, but the relationship is experiential, just like any other relationship. I'm not talking about like a crush that you have on Beyonce. I'm talking about like, I'm not talking about that unrequited love. But no, no, a feeling is an emotional state. Yeah. That's mental. Yeah, but love isn't mental ever. Feelings are, but not love. Love is an so action. So what is love if not mental? So, okay, I feel like the entire basis of our disagreement has just been this misunderstanding of, like, what is love on a basic definition? Like, are we talking about a noun or a verb? 
Because that, that now changes that, everything. But that is the through line of this whole discussion. That right. Just because you read some bell hooks and bell hooks said love is an action, that doesn't dismiss how everybody else feels it. Yeah, of we course. We know for centuries that people have felt love through verbs, nouns, actions, and feelings. So just because somebody's form of love is not being expressed as you express it, you can't minimize it and say it's not valid. Okay. So are you saying that if I that the feelings of love I have are not valid because I didn't express them in a way? I can't fathom how love is just a feeling because what is something if it's not manifested experientially? Then it's what it's is spirituality. All, then it exists in that realm, but then it's like the three-dimensional realm is all experiential. It's the, it's like the question of if a tree falls, let's take it back all the way to this. If a tree falls and no one is there to hear it, did it make a sound? So there's two arguments of whether it made a sound or not. The argument of yes, it made a sound is it only made a sound, even if no one is there to hear it. Yes, it made a sound because the tree fell. My argument is no, it didn't make a sound because unless there is an ear to experience the sound, then it did not exist. So that is my definition of pretty much anything. I think everything exists in relation to something else. So if there is sound waves and no ears to experience the sound waves as sound, then it's not sound. Same with love. That's like if it's up, just Robo. how is it fucked that's up? Like, it's just like the laws of physics. That's not realistic though. But it is. Like if you but if you took that to a literal sense, yeah. let's say if I abuse someone in private and nobody saw it and nobody could testify to it happening, is that not abuse? But that person was abused. The person you abused was abused. So that's still the also tree happening. Fell <laughs> and nobody saw it. A sound was made. There was no sound made. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing exists in a vacuum. So how are you loving me without loving me? It's all just in your head. Let's let's change the example. Yeah. Let's say I was in a forest. Okay. Right? Yeah. I was hanging in a forest. Yes. I got out my vibrator. I (laughs) masturbated. I came. But nobody was there to hear it. So did I come? You didn't. You came, but you didn't make an (laughs) orgasmic sound. No one was there what to you hear mean? your sound. <laughs> the <laughs> orgasm occurred because you experienced it, but no one... Well, you experienced your sound, so you did make the sound. So the sound was there in relation to you. But if, I don't know, your vibrator vibrated and there was no one there to hear it, it didn't make a sound because everything exists in relation to something else. So that this is why I find it hard to accept the notion of love being a noun because how is love there if it's not being experienced? It's just like existing in your head. What is self-love? You're experiencing your love. Am I? But you are. It's you loving on yourself. Even there, it's in relation to you. This is the episode that Bobo actually went through. (laughs) (laughs) In the most offensive way possible. Your sister's lost it. And I need you to all come and collect her. I just can't believe... Because her philosophies are overlapping. I I can't believe we had this whole one-hour argument when it was all because we don't agree on whether love is a noun or a verb. This is where we should have begun. We will never know. We will never know. No, but we know. 
Because if we do not if know, I claim to love you, but I've never shown you any love. How how do I love you? How sway? But what about if the love you think you show me is not one that I receive? Then what? Yeah, but I'm still loving you. So that's like a difference that's in interpretation. That's your ego speaking. If you love on me in a way that I don't receive, that's why we have yeah, but that's love st- languages, bitch. But that's why I'm saying it's still a love language. If you love on me in a way I don't receive, then I don't want it. But it's still a love language because I'm expressing love. It is me expressing it as an action. You might interpret it as something else. And that's where the subjectivity of like love, love languages comes from. And that's where the subjectivity of love and abuse intersects. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> We need the listeners. This was our second boxing match. I really thought we were going to agree on everything. (laughs) Somebody please like just note the the points we were making and see where they overlap and see if they intersect and see where they completely repel because I'm confused. No, I see where I they overlap Boba and where they repel. I just stole my argument halfway through this bitch. I no, I can see where they overlap and where they repel. I feel like they overlap with everything except for like what is love is it in your mind or is it in the experience i feel like that's the only way that's the only place where we're different we're like not agreeing and that informs everything else like from there if we can't agree on that it informs everything else because because why it's why it's for me like inherently trash. <laughs> you and your your inherently good people are causing me problems if you were inherently good i wouldn't be stressed right now but bitch you're inherently good don't do <laughs> You are a child of God. You don't know me like that. <laughs> you and I are going I straight Satan's to heaven. Handmaiden. I'm holding his hand, walking <laughs> Even my headscarf fell off. I'm I'm sweating. I am hot. I cannot believe it. The reason we don't ever speak to me. The reason we don't agree on whether love and abuse can coexist is because for you, love is a feeling. For me, it's an action. And for you, you can feel love for someone and be abusing them. But for me, (laughs) it's not love until it's expressed. So we're just we just can't agree on this. (laughs) That's where the line is. Okay, a quick hypothetical scenario, yeah, yeah. just so I understand how far this goes for you. Yeah. So you love your boyfriend. Yes. And if you've be- you've treated him in an abusive way at one point in time. Yes. Does that mean you don't love him or you've never loved him? No, that means we have, we, and by we, I don't mean just me and him. I mean all of society. That means... I'm talking about you and him, sis. Okay. I'm talking <laughs> about you and him. Okay, let's talk about me and him. That means we have different contrasting or opposing views of what love and abuse are. Let me actually give you a basic example. There was a time when he said some dumb shit. So I told him about this girl. Also, this is a common scenario that just happens in a lot of relationships between men and women. I told him about this girl. I'm like, oh my God, this girl is so cute, this and this and that. He makes some comment about the girl that's like hypersexual and like low-key disgusting which is a form of abuse so i tell him that was disgusting that you said that i can't believe you said that what type of human being are you 
To him, of course, that's not abuse because of cultural context. Toxic masculinity also plays into this because as guys, we roast each other all the time. So when it comes to engaging with women, it's hard to draw the line between where is it roast? Where is it just like a friendly roast versus abuse? So the fact that we have opposing views on where the line is between a friendly roast versus emotional abuse is what causes the difference in whether you're being loving or not. You said that if there is abuse in your display of love, then it is not love, that is affection. It's caring for someone. Yeah, in the, he's, So by your, by your definition, you two are not in love. Bitch. He was not That's being loving. <laughs> He's That's not being said. loving in that moment. Like the two aren't existing but that's what simultaneously. I'm you say they can't coexist. But they're so not. That in that moment, in that moment, you two weren't in love, and then now you are. Bitch, or I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. Because A, it's also we're not existing in a vacuum. The difference is oh in how my we're God. <laughs> Just say just say that he is circumstantial and you take it back. Just say your argument is flawed and you take it back. But it's not flawed though. <laughs> it is the exact same argument that I've been having. We have to stop. We actually do. It's been an hour and six minutes. <laughs> Can you oh. all come and collect your sis? Guys, like, come collect her, your Aries queen. Did she really just say that like, if you literally just said, we need to find this quotable. You said... That we have deluded ourselves into thinking that if abuse intersects with our love, that it is still love and it's not. That it's caring for someone, it's affection, but it's not love. Now you're telling me that in your situation, it's circumstantial. Sis, we, we have to stop. I can't, to I stop. can't do this. <laughs> Unless we both just weren't listening to each other this whole time. <laughs> I'm going crazy. I think I'm going, I think... You guys, like, Flex is driving me mad. I don't even know. Is she for real? I don't even know. <laughs> Come and collect your sis, because it's at this point I can't where, believe you know, it. I actually cannot believe it. I cannot. We're going to title this video an hour of Bobo <laughs> actually going insane. Like, this is what Einstein warned us about. Wow. The definition of insanity is your sis. Wow. Wow. Collect wow. her. I don't even see how that's, like, a different... Because also, like, I'm also, I'm not saying that, like, there's never going to be conflict. Like, I'm not saying there's no, there's no tension, there's no friction. So where, I don't see, like, where are we disagreeing? I don't know. Maybe somebody can tell us. Yeah. Like, we need a, we need a, we need a mediator to say, hey, this is where you two agree. This is where your argument was flawed, Bobo. And this is where Flex was (laughs) (laughs) I am finished. My Aries energy actually came out today. (laughs) It It actually jumped out. It jumped all the way out. Well, I mean, I, I can't wait. Somebody, yeah, tell us. someone, please mediate and just tell us like where we're not. Where did we not listen to each other in this argument? Yeah, tell me where I zoned out. <laughs> I was eating blueberries, so it probably happened sometime. I'm then. dead. I'm <laughs> screaming. So join the Facebook group. Um, and join the conversation because that's where they all go down. 
The link will be in the description box below. It'll also be on our Instagram page. Follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Bobo and Flex. Let us know what your thoughts are. Can love and abuse coexist? Are humans inherently good or inherently trash? Um, what are your thoughts on unrequited love? There were also so many points that we didn't go in on, um, which is why, which is why do people go back to hurtful situations? Why do we love people who don't love us Stop back? So we'll address these in another episode. <laughs> but for now, mediate our boxing match, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch you in the next relationship. <laughs> I mean, in the next. <laughs> You see, see, Flex has driven me to drink. Do you see? (laughs) She has driven me. You end up in McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) You really, you will end up in McDonald's. Believing that abuse and love can coexist simultaneously. Hey. Um. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What's the question? Can they or do they? Oh my god. Oh shit. Oh shit. I am. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> oh, <oops. laughs> Oh shit. I am. Um, wait, so this whole time we just ended up saying the same thing. Hoy. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Oh. Okay, so let's retract. Huh? Yes, love and abuse often intersect in love. Wow. <laughs> however, that's not someone being <laughs> loving was what this whole thing. <laughs> Oops. I'm well, why didn't you specify? Bitch, I can't believe it. So I guess, y'all, thank you for listening to us argue <laughs> for an hour and 15 minutes only for us to agree on the exact same point. Wow. Um, well, that's why I stayed strong. I knew what I was saying was correct. You know what? I think fundamentally what we said is that... <laughs> No, we'll all, we're all going to disagree on what abuse is and what love is, and that is the root of the problem. However, when someone's being abusive, they're not being loving. Therefore, they cannot coexist. Are we clear? <laughs> wow. Um, catch us in the next episode. <laughs> I hope we um, addressed all your questions about unrequited love. I'm so embarrassed because of Bobo. No, like, why Flex would she just really, not clarify? Why would she? I. Guys, please come collect your Aries queen. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to all say. All right, well. <laughs> I stand by what I said. Wow. And I said. By what I stand by said. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.